built around the concept that you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Well, remember, you were born to win. But in order to be the winner you were born to be, you got to plan to win, you got to prepare to win, and then and only then can you legitimately expect to win. You see, with integrity, you do the right thing. When you do the right thing, there's no guilt. With integrity, you have nothing to fear because you have nothing to hide. See, folks, failure is an event. It's not a person. Yesterday really did end last night. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours. Friends, welcome to The Ziggler Show. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and it is my unique privilege to bring today's profound message to you. The Ziggler Show is founded on what Zig Ziggler, the world's most prolific motivator, devoted his life to, inspiring your true performance. You can have the best tools, uh, resources, and even opportunity, but unless you are truly inspired, you'll be hopeful but remain where you are. What is the definition of inspired? Listen to this. To influence or animate with an idea or purpose. Did you hear that? Animate with a purpose. If you want to take action, you have to know and be motivated by true purpose. That's deep, folks, and it is why you are here. Let's dig in and change your world so you can change this world. We need all you've got to offer. Desperately. Hello, everyone. I hope you had a blessed Easter. Most of you listening to this will have just gone through the Easter weekend and to honor the occasion. We're going to listen to a clip from Zig on faith. We've been hitting some of his topics. He talks overall, of course, on inspiring your true performance and focuses a lot on business and work and personal development issues that uh, with those as some big pillars but as we have done some recent shows on marriage and have gotten just incredible reviews on iTunes from that, thank you all so much. Uh, another one is faith that he comes back to so often. So we're just going to hit that front and center today. Zig was an outspoken Christian, but as he did with all things, he shared from a heart of love that nobody could deny, which gained him the respect from people of all types of faith. So your takeaway, I hope, for today's show is, one, realizing that in seeking success, if you do it without faith in a higher power, you are one of the very, very few. Uh, not having it statistically, not my opinion, uh, just the stats, is a handicap. Just like not having goals or a positive mental attitude or healthy relationships. I mean, if you study the experts, the authorities, teachers, and leaders that you respect, you'll find the vast majority have a strong faith in a higher power. Zig will be citing, of course, his personal faith in Jesus Christ. And one of the reasons I'm here as the host of The Ziggler Show is I share that same devotion. However, I won't be pressing you on that. Rest assured, there will be no altar calls or religious debates here. Christ is about love. And first and foremost, you, you can wrap it all up just in that. If you encounter a so-called Christian and you don't feel well-loved by them, then uh, don't blame the faith. Blame a counterfeit or at least a faulty follower, which I'll admit that I often am as well. Uh, but again, I'm asking you today, listen into Zig, consider and weigh the value of faith in your pursuit of success and again, inspiring your true performance. And another takeaway, I mean, everybody does have faith. I mean, they place their faith in something. 
you know, is it something worthy of giving your life to? And we'll give a, a brief, a brief discussion to that after the clip as well. So here then is about eight minutes of Zig talking on the power, the value, the necessity of faith. Return me to the passion, to the joy of my birth as a Christian is a thing we want to talk about. We want to help you catch a glimpse of what faith really is all about. Faith, you know, is mentioned over 300 times in the Bible. In the book of Hebrew, the 11th chapter and the 6th verse, it says very simply, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Very significant. Without faith, I don't care what else you do, it is impossible to please God. In the book of Romans, in the 10th chapter and the 17th verse, here's what we read. So then faith, a lot of people wonder where does it come from? So then faith comes by hearing, and listen to the rest of it, and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't come from having heard the word of God. It comes, in many cases, from hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing, and then one day we hear. I so vividly remember I, as a child, was in church somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 times. I'd heard many times. And then when I was 45 years old, by hearing again, I heard the message And I'm telling you what a dramatic difference that made. In the book of Romans again, in the uh, 10th chapter and the 9th verse, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from death, you will be saved. And listen to the rest of it. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now don't miss one of the significant things in that reading. What it says when he's talking about Jew and Greek What he is saying there is very simple. Whether you're black or white or brown or yellow or Jew or Greek or whatever, this is the way to come to know the Lord. We have a colorblind Lord. He does not discriminate. He does not honor the rich or the poor. He honors the believer. Now, in Psalms 19, he says something here. Uh, So many people, I'm going to read that in a second, but so many people are dominated by fear instead of faith. Now, they cannot coexist. You cannot have one. Uh, You can have one or you can have the other, but you cannot have both of them. The Bible says in the Psalms 19, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. In the Bible, 365 times it says, fear not, fear not. That's one for every day of the year. Why did he put in there so many times? He is saying, I want you to trust me. I want you to have faith. Now, I get my little dictionary out every once in a while, and I did on this occasion. I looked up the word fear. What is fear? Fear. 
Well, it's a painful emotion, is what the dictionary says. Excited by an expectation of evil, dread, terror, or fright. But in 1 John 4, 18, we read, The love of God casteth out fear. Now, when you think about fear and forgiveness, when we understand we are forgiven of our past sins when we commit our lives to Christ, He's guaranteed he's going to be right with us, lo, I am with thee always, even until the end of the earth. When we understand he says you've got eternity in front of you with me, he takes care of the past, the present, and the future. And so faith is the key. And first uh, John 4 does say the love of God casteth out fear. Well, what is this thing called success? How does this tie in? How can we get it? I got to confess to you that if I made millions and millions and millions of dollars but destroyed my health, would I be successful? Not in my eyes, I would not. Now, I got to confess, folks, that I'm amused at those people who are always putting money down. Two-thirds of the miracles that Christ performed had to do with, and the parables, had to do with our physical and our financial health. Uh, as you've heard me say, maybe uh, money is not the most important thing in life, but it is reasonably close to oxygen. I mean, you know, when you need it, there just aren't that many substitutes for it. But had I made millions and destroyed my health, would I be successful? Uh-uh. Suppose uh, I had gone to the very top in my profession. Suppose then one day one of my children had said to me, you know, Dad, it would have made such a difference in my life, been so important to me, if while you were motivating all of those other people, had you had just a few minutes in the morning to send me off with a cheerful word and an encouraging word before I went to school. Maybe, Dad, if you had done that, my life would not have turned out to be the disaster it has. Had that happened to me, would I have been successful? Absolutely not. Had I become the best in the whole world at what I do? And if as a result of that, had I devoted all of my time to that and destroyed the relationship with the most important person on earth to me, would I be successful? No way. And most of all, had I compromised my integrity? Had I done things that would have jeopardized me ever getting to know Christ, and this time you can't do that. He always has his door open to you. But suppose in my desire to please the secular world that I had neglected letting that elderly African-American lady into the home when I knew she was going to talk about faith all the way through. The price I would have paid would have been uh, enormous. You see, the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, for a long time I wanted worldly success. I had uh, for a long time said, you know, as soon as I have a little fun, as soon as I am successful, then I'm going to take this religion bit more seriously. I will commit my life to Christ. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got news for you. When old Zeke is doing it on his own, he just wasn't doing it. There just is no question about it. It was only after I committed my life to Christ and started studying God's way of doing things that I found out that they are the most successful methods in the secular world. Well, folks, Zig starts off mentioning his birth as a Christian, which even after growing up in the church and going to church thousands of times, he came to his personal relationship with Christ at the age 
of 45. A couple significant points to pull from this and to utilize for ourselves. The first one, I mean, Zig, the Zig, the Zig Ziglar, okay, one of the most influential leaders and influencers of all time. They estimate that he touched two and a half million people. I'm sorry, it's 250 million. Let me get my facts and figures right. 250 million people. Um, but the zig that, that all those people know, 99.99% of those people knew is the zig after the age of 45. I mean, as Tom Ziegler has stated, and uh, he did it around the campfire at my house first time, and then talked about on a show when I brought it up. He said when Zig was 45 and came to Christ, he became a broken man. Now, I doubt anyone listening thinks of Zig Ziglar as particularly broken, but it wasn't a broken spirit or or self-deprecating humility. It was Zig realizing life had a high calling. I mean, God was the creator of of life, and he couldn't possibly succeed without him. Uh, So Zig was broken in in that way. He could not fulfill the calling on his life without a full-out dependence on God. And, And I revere Zig's faith in Jesus, his humility and his love and jointly the reality that he stood strong and tall on stage and out of passion and conviction and love, he led people. He didn't pull any punches. I mean, if Christianity had more of that exemplified by its followers, it wouldn't have the negative baggage associated with it uh, like what exists today. I mean, strength, conviction, and true loving, accepting humility. But, hey, there will always be prideful Uh, and shamed and ill-guided folks, just like the Pharisees that the Bible depicts. And again, on any given day, any given moment, that Pharisee, that hypocrite, that poor example and mirror of Christ could be me. But we can keep every day striving to love better and to have stronger faith. Yes, Uh, and that striving, pay attention to that word. We're going to be hitting that in an upcoming show with a special guest as well. So, But to the Zig, we all know who really became who he was after the age of 45. I mean, that that's so interesting in and of itself. I mean, you and I, I mean, we can remake ourselves in in so many ways. I mean, what and who we are is not what and who we have to be forever. We can change. We can refine, revamp, renew, and to speak again of Easter, resurrect. I mean, I love that reality in the Bible. There's a scripture, and I didn't pull it out uh, to tell you exactly where it is, but it talks about the daily renewing of our minds, which goes back to Zig's quote on motivation, that we need it daily, just like taking a bath, uh, that we are to be renewing ourselves. That's the that's that's so much of our daily pursuit, folks, in our efforts for personal development, which is personal betterment, is that we daily have to renew ourselves. This goes back to, as always, so often, at least the self-talk cards that you can get at Ziggler.com forward slash self-talk. Matter of fact, I just provided, uh, you know, I did a couple shows giving testimonies, reading testimonies and sharings that people did in regards to the self-talk cards. I, I don't know how many there were. I don't know if there were, were 50 or what, but I, I just uh, took those and copied those and gave them to some of the Ziegler team folks who are going to put them on uh, part of a new website because they're just so powerful. But again, that's, that's what they are, the daily renewing of our minds. And that was in regards to our own self-image. But hey, looking at that, again, 
that, that, that it's not too late, which is a cliche statement, but come on. I mean, that means that you need to start over, start over. One of my dearest friends works in the same office building with me was almost, I think she was about 57 with a six figure corporate job she had had for 20 plus years, maybe 30. And she finally left it. Uh, well, she actually busted her butt to cram a counseling degree in, in two years while she was doing her corporate gig, got her counseling degree, started her practice. And now today has a thriving practice. And I think she's probably 61 uh, now. And I mean, what an awesome testimony to somebody who made their life over, took the giftings and skills that she was using in her existing workplace in the corporate environment, and now just went full fledged into it. But she had to do some big work. She had to really push hard for that. And so if this, if you, if you hear this message and think, Oh my gosh, yeah, I would love to, again, this is just as much a call out to, to becoming something more refining, revamping, not a complete do over. But what if you need to do that? What if you want to take a hundred, 180 degree direction, then, then go for it. I mean, start over. If you have to move, I mean, how important is it if you could look forward to saying, what could my life be like in two years if I invested this much time into going a different direction? And you know, I got to admit that I, I've done that more than once in varying degrees. I mean, in 2003, after a long stretch of uh, some great things, but a lot of chaos with my business and life. I took a new gig, a, a more a more secure gig as an independent, independent contractor, uh, doing marketing for a big company, and I left our home, uh, my family's home in Franklin, Tennessee, where we'd been for a decade, and we moved to Silicon Valley. I mean, we left family and deep relationships and, and a great place, but uh, we felt called to something something different. And we only stayed in Silicon Valley long enough to secure a, a, a consult a cons, that, that consulting gig. And we moved here to Colorado where we live now. And we found our true home here, our deeper relationships and so much, so much blessing. And, you know, years after that, then I've put a business that I'd grown for seven years on, on pause. Uh, I, I don't say stopped, just quit it because it's still there. And I have plans. I see uh, some, uh, avenues of reviving that in a different format, but I, I left, I put it on pause completely to pursue two ventures that I'm currently involved in. This is one of them. And it wasn't a cross country move, but it was a significant change. I had so much of myself and my heart and my identity wrapped up in it, which was part of the problem. And it was a hard letting go to embrace something though, that was, was better. And again, I think we'll encompass it again, but it was hard to do that. And it was a decision time that was so, there was so much unknown at that point, which brings us back again to the topic here at hand, faith, hearing God's calling, which uh, in my case has so often almost, I would almost say always proven to be a true, I, I heard the calling and I was correct in going after it. Now I did a lot of messing things up in the way that I did it, which is part of my own journey and growth. But also in this segment of Zig's story, what a great example of persevering in a message that we want. I mean, as he talked about, he grew up in the church, but he didn't come to it on his own until age 45. I mean, it took thousands of exposures to take root. So persevering towards those qualities that we want, that we stay exposed to them, we make daily deposits, we have faith, we, we walk it out. We, even my wife is, is fond of saying sometimes, hey, if you don't even believe it, fake it till you make it. Keep exposing yourself and it will take root. 
Hey, a quick sponsor break uh, for one of Ziggler's show's top sponsors and supporters is Harry's Razors. Two days ago, I got a shipment of 16 razors, and I must admit, Harry's is just a brand I personally want to associate myself with. I mean, I love their message. I mean, that's a, a huge component of any business when you have people who like your brand. They want to associate with the image you have of your business. And I do with Harry's. Uh, second, they have a literally just a better product that just does a better job at keeping my face smooth. And then third, it costs less. I mean, that is the, the trinity of a great product. So you can get five bucks off the only $15 kit now at harrys.com if you'll use the code Ziggler. I mean, Harry's has done in the shaving industry what other revolutionary companies have done in their industries. They sidestepped the norm. I mean, no games or power plays. In Harry's case, they simply realized, hey, razors cost a certain amount because they go from the manufacturer to a retailer to the customer. Let's cut out the retailer and we can deliver the best at the cheapest. So things like that happen once in a while where there's opportunity. And this is what Harry's has done. They were founded only two years ago and they massively disrupted the shaving industry and beaten John like Schick and Gillette. They purchased a 93-year-old German factory that makes the blades and they ship them straight from there to our doorsteps. Harry's emphasizes great design, meticulous craftsmanship, amazing value, and highly personal and dedicated customer service for a completely better shaving experience. So again, you can get started now by going to harrys.com to get your kit. Use the code Ziggler to take five bucks off your purchase. All right, folks, well, in the clip, Zig said next, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And when I heard that, I thought, you know what? If you're listening and have to admit that pleasing God is not a big motivation for you, that's that's honest. And and I, I understand that feeling. I'd encourage you to take your Bible or borrow one and just, uh, you can even just use a search engine and, and type in the scriptures that Zig referenced. Go read the context before and after. He didn't pull those scriptures out lightly for this message that he gave. So read the context before and after those verses and really dwell on those. If, and if it brings up questions, ask them. Hey, don't mistake a church as a place for mere spectators. Go. Uh, if you go to a service, fine, but afterwards approach a pastor or a leader, tell them you have questions and want to schedule a time to ask them. Uh, if you don't get a warm reception to do this, then find a church that actually knows Jesus and doesn't give lip service to him. But Zig cites that in the Bible, 365 times, it says, fear not. Uh, it's really compelling for me to hear that really 365 times. It says, fear not. And, you know, I don't generally think of myself, well, I don't at all really as a fearful person, that term, that word fear, fearful doesn't really resonate. But then when I stopped and thought about that, I thought, you know, it's not in there 365 times and I'm immune to it. What do I do? Do I fear? Well, I worry. Uh, I definitely have anxiety. Matter of fact, in the medical arena that I'm involved in, they have a product called heart math that really is a, it measures your anxiety level. So I can, you know, I'm a, I've been a lifetime athlete. I can get, you know, calm myself down, get my heart rate down really low and then look on the screen there and it'll show me, you Now I'm still in the red, my head to my heart, my anxiety is still full tilt boogie. And that causes problems. Matter of fact, we're finding that often people with digestive problems, it's caused from stress levels and anxiety. That was my case. And here I thought I got it all together. Well, the test showed me that I did not anxiety. Where does that come from? For me, it was burning the candle at both ends. I'm dropping balls here and there. And it's an aspect of 
fear. So I would take that not to just give myself a cop out in that, but I think to some degree, very few of us are ever that free of fear to some degree. So, I mean, if you happen to say, no, man, I'm good. Cool as a cucumber. I'd be compelled to ask, then are you doing that much of worth? Are you stretching yourself at all? And that's the tension is going after big things, going after our calling, which again, we're going to be hitting in an upcoming show. Uh, And when you do that, you're going to have some fearful aspects to deal with, but doing it with God is the point. So you have faith instead of fear. That's what Zig's talking about here today. I had a great line given to me by a friend right here in my hometown when we were at, it was actually a meeting about uh, adoption. And she said, you know what, would God call us to something that did not require him? Man, that just hit me right in the face because I am, I have a history of listening, praying, seeking God's calling, trusting it, going after it. And as soon as I take off, Hey, I'm good. I got it. I got it. I'll let you know when I need you. And then of course I mess things up and find myself saying, Hey God, will you catch up? You know, that's not really how he intends it to work. So that was so powerful when she said that to me, would he call us to something that does not require him? So he's going to call us something. Look at the stories of the Bible. You know, Moses is one of my favorite, but does he call us to something that we can do on our own? No. So it does require him without him. It is fearful. There again is Zig calling us to, that's where we have to replace faith with, I'm sorry, replace fear, replace fear, replace fear with faith. So uh, this is a big issue, folks, and surely, obviously, one I am not devoid on. I am and may always be a work in progress. So, you know, pressing in here, I mean, why do I have worry? Why do I have anxiety? Again, those are fear-based, not faith-based. So last topic I wanted to just touch on, and I mentioned it earlier. I mean, we're talking about faith here, obviously, in a higher power, and this brings up so much baggage for a lot of people with religiosity and some of the ways that it has been so misused. I have to admit for myself, folks, that I Christian being a Christian, that is not a term that I enjoy saying being a Christian. There's so much baggage, so much negativity around that. So my, I, I, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but so we're talking about faith and a higher power. But if we look at our everyday lives, we do all have faith in something. It's going to be obvious if our life was audited. I mean, what we, we, what we have the majority of our faith in is going to be revealed. I mean, if you had some, just, I was thinking of like some primary topics, obviously you'd hope that I would hope that some people would look at my life, audit my life, put a hidden camera and they would see, oh my gosh, it's obvious that he believes Kevin believes in a higher power. Uh, I would want that. I would hope that that is what would showcase. But what if it doesn't? What if it showed that, you know what? No, it's work, employment, business. That's, that's his primary faith. That's what he believes in. Apparently, by the testimony of what we see in his life, see his actions. Or would it be money? Or would it be performance? Uh, what, what about science? I mean, we always want to pit that against religion, but I'll submit, man, it's just another form of a higher power. That's something beyond us that we can't control is, is, is powering things. That's another form of faith. And then the biggest one for a lot of folks, I think for our culture is just faith in self. And so I'm not here to pitch, uh, you or talk you into something. I'll, I'll admit again that my head and truly my heart believes in Jesus Christ, but I know well that if my life is audited, when it's audited, it's a head to head race with faith, 
faith in myself, my performance, my hands. That's my personal thorn that I have to deal with. And I suffer from it. I'm blown away by God's grace and attentiveness to me anyway. Uh, So folks, I hope that Zig's message and, and this is brief talk gave you some food for thought for your own lives on what place faith really plays in your life. But then to Zig's point, the realization that it, it has a significant role without it, you are handicapped. So it is of incredible value to take it captive, take the topic captive and to question where it rests in your life. All right. Hey, thank you for letting me be in this show with you. Talk about these deep topics with you. I look forward to being with you in the next Ziggler show where we'll once again seek to inspire our true performance.